Welcome to Emmanuel Christian Church, the house of Judah, the house at the gate. Please join us as we'll be listening to Apostle Vincent Luan, the head pastor of the Emmanuel Christian Churches. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this privilege to be in your house. We are grateful, Father, that you still speak and touch lives. May you speak to us. May you touch us. May you restore our confidence in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we are teaching on vision and our subject is obedience, the key to fulfilling the vision. Obedience, the key to fulfilling the vision. The book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 8, which we are supposed to know very well. Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 8. It says to us, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord. Can you tell your neighbor, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord. I take it you are waking up just now. Can we say, And I also heard the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. In other words, God consistently speaks. I also heard the voice of the Lord. I heard the voice of, of the Lord. The challenge is, do we respond to that voice when God speaks to us? He says, and I, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I pray that you may be the one that the Lord will send. <clears throat> Matthew 22, verse 14. It says, for many are called but few are chosen. You know, sometimes we say many are called and few are frozen. They've decided to freeze themselves wherever. So they refuse to go. They refuse to do the will of him who have called them. But this one gives us an understanding that many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. This is powerful. Hallelujah. Your availability makes you to be chosen. Your availability makes you to be chosen. There are a lot of people who are highly skilled, able. Possibly they could do more. But you see, they want to be treated every time for special, you know, they want special treatment. You know, if you ask them, wake up in the morning, they will not wake up. They'll tell you it's still too early. Why, why should I come for first service? While I could attend Apache, the last one. Why, why should I bother myself to come to church? While I could rest and watch it on television. Many are called, but few are chosen. The Bible tells us a story of people invited to the wedding and everybody else is told in time, this is going to happen. And everybody else 
makes excuses for themselves. Yes, everybody makes an excuse. Say, I will not come. At the last moment, I will not go. I think uh, I just bought a new car. I want to take a spin and see how far it can go. You know, it's a long weekend. So, uh, I'm not going. I'm not coming to church. The one says, I bought a new house. And the funny part, if you read, if you read the whole part, the verses before verse 14, the Bible says, the master said, go and call as many as you can find. Yes. There are people who will be ministers. People who will be in the forefront. Who, according to us, they are not supposed to be there. But they are latecomers. But when they had the invitation, they asked themselves, why didn't we receive the invitation all along? They are very happy to be invited. Yeah. But when, when you have your own things, when you are busy, you think your things are, are good. And then there is one that responded to the invitation, but was not properly dressed. Yes. He came. The person came. But his dress was very offensive because it was not suitable for the kind of occasion the person was invited. Many of us are like that. We come, we dress, we, we, we want to dilute what is being done. We want to reduce it to something that is not. And so when the master came, he was very happy that there were many people. But when he looked, he realized this one wants to reduce and lower this that we are doing. And he said to them, cast him out. Do what? Cast him out. He came. But his attitudes, the way he carried himself, he didn't allow him to stay. Let's go to the book of First Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 26, 27. He says, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Because they are busy. Yes. Everybody has an idea what they like. I was talking to one young woman yesterday. And I said to her, I see you love one of my sons. And I want you to understand that he's going to be a pastor. Because a pastor begets pastors. So I want you to make up your mind now. To understand that if he's going to marry you, you're going to be a pastor's wife. And chances are that all of us assume you know. And therefore we'll come and consult. We'll come for prayer from you. And I said, I said, you see, the mistake that many women make is that when they get married, they still want to pursue their own dream, not the dream of their husband. And that's why there's always a collusion. People love Jesus but they don't want to pursue. They say we are bonded and married to him, but they will not give themselves to the work of ministry and to the work of the kingdom because they think their vision is more important. And that's why people fail. They can acquire as many, but at the end of time, they realize that they are just heaping sand. We are told the story of a man, just a story, went to heaven, and but before he died, he was insisting, he was aware of dying, and he had a lot of gold. And he carried this gold with him because he felt this is what opened doors for him on earth. 
But he said, I'm carrying my gold. I've never, it's a proof of my hard work. And they said, when he arrived in heaven, they told him, this is sent. This is what we used to walk on here on, 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 in heaven. What you carry has no serious value here. It's just like soil in the, in, the, in the earth. The value that you attach to it, it's not there. Some of us are like that. At the end of time, we look back. But here it says, For you see, your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not mighty, not many noble are called. Why? Because they are full of themselves. Yes. They will not be called. God will not use them until they empty themselves of themselves. It's a decision you have to make. You have to make that decision. You have to convince yourself this that I do is very important. Coming to church is one thing, but serving the Lord is another. There are many, many are called. A lot of people are coming, but few are chosen. The chosen ones is not because, you know, the imagination I had was in class when the teacher asked the question and all of us are lifting our hands. Teacher, teacher, when, when the, the, the book of, of Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8, who will go for us? His children in the class jumping and saying, me, me, ma'am, me, me. We are 20, 30 of us and we are all desiring to be given the chance. Some of us, even though possibly we were the chosen ones, we are never on time. Yes. One day the Lord gave me a prophetic word. I came to church and when I arrived, for a specific person. The service went on. I forgot about it. When the service was on, the Lord says, no, call the person and, and towards the end of the service, call the person and pray for I was asking, uh, where is so and so? That is not here. She didn't arrive. When I investigated, she went to a church next door because there was a guest speaker. I said, wow. So I said to the Lord, do I give the person? The Lord says, no, the anointing works differently. Words can be said in public. I can pray for you. If I pray for you here, it's different as I pray for you. Just ordinary, you meet me on the street. Oh, pastor, pray for me. The levels are, are, are totally different. The power that is made available in the congregation of the righteous is not the same when two people meet on the street. But here it says to us, but you see, you're calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not mighty, not many mighty, not many noble are called. I said something yesterday. We went to a wedding. It was beautiful. And to the woman, our beloved sister, who was getting married, I said, she had to cut herself to size. Most women can be married today. The problem is, most women, they are proud. They wouldn't cut themselves to size. If a boy comes and proposes them, they look him from the top to the toe, and from the toe to the top, and say, you can't fit. Yes. They say, no, I'm too big for you. You are too small a boy to marry me. No, it's true. Almost, most women have been proposed before. But they couldn't reduce themselves. It's the same here. 
When God speaks, we refuse to cut ourselves to size, to fit. Yes. We say to God, you must change for me to fit. I remember one young woman, my wife was reminding me after I preached, she says, do you remember so and so? I said, yes. The woman, the brother told the woman, I love you. But it was the days before, after, just before we got married with my wife, which is like 30 years ago. But the gospel was different as it is now. The woman has started to put on pants at that time, and the guy told the, the girl, anyway, every person knew the guy, that the guy is the traditionalist. You have to put on a dookie, on earrings, pants, human pants, women putting on a pen. It was a no-go area. <laughs> But the girl laughed, laughed pens. She has just discovered how pens make her look good. So every moment she had, she was putting on pens. So she spoke to the girl. The girl told us, she told my wife, and said, this guy, if he loves me, he must take me as I am. So my wife was telling me, says, are you aware the person is still not married today? Because she couldn't cut her side herself. Every woman who's married, they've cut themselves to size. You can ask them. They had the option to say no. Some girls are waiting for a brother to propose them, but that brother has not even seen them in the church. Yes, I know girls like that. Who are praying and fasting to be married by somebody else. They are the ones in love. Not many. He says there, brethren, how that not many wise men, many wise, some of us are not wise. This is what we are doing, what we are doing. Many wise men after the flesh. Not many mighty, the strong ones. Not the many noble. Those that have got status and place in life. Are called. Because they carry it. The thing, when you talk about the, the needle, the... What do you call it? When we say you have to pass through the needle eye. It means you have to shed quite a lot of things. Because the needle eye is very small. You know, we cut, we cut the, the, the cotton. And it doesn't fit. You cut again. Try to put it in. And after some time it goes in. So, the level of your willingness to serve God is it, dependent on you. It's not like, oh, I have a call. No, no. Like the children who lift up their hands. Those who were excited, they got married. Those, those who are not excited, they don't get married. They have conditions. Yes. But the Lord have mercy. We are talking about the call of God upon our life. I've got a few points. Then I will stop. But it's, it is your choice. The things, it might sound like rhetoric. Pastor is nailing this thing. Uh, somebody said to me, this thing is a cheap piece that they've been chewed so many times. You can't even put a new one in, make it tasty again. Yes, it, says, it has even become too soft to be chewed on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, we are talking about many, many that are called, few that are chosen. The chosen ones they were not aware they are chosen because they came for the invitation. Obedience is a key to fulfilling the vision. Obedience is a key to fulfilling the vision. Number one, the power of vision 
is seen in your obedience. The power, the manifestation of God's purpose upon your life is seen in your obedience. The manifestation of God's purpose in your life is seen in your vision. You might be a profound uh, 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 businessman, a profound engineer, teacher, a premier in your profession and so forth and do not serve the Lord. You are not in obedience. Jesus is the ultimate obedience. Jesus Christ is the ultimate obedience. It's not my will, but your will of God. Luke chapter 22, verse 42 says, Father, it is not it, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Hallelujah. Faith is seen in obedience. When you have faith, we see your obedience. When you have no faith, we see your disobedience. Faith is what makes you. Disobedience is what undresses you. It's what makes you poor. Disobedience takes much from you than being obedient. Being obedient is like you are a fool. You are just following. Everybody looks at you and says, do you have a brain? Do you have a brain? Can't you think? Don't you see you are being used here? Because your human life, the human mind is thinking that way. That every time something is asked of you, something is being stolen from you. Yeah. May the Lord have mercy. Abraham was, was obedient and faithful to the instructions of God. God told him, leave. And he packed. He packed, he took his, his, his belongings, his children. And he says, we are moving. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 9. And he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. I have come to do what? To do your will. Lord, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. Jesus' obedience brought salvation and honor to his name. When, when you are obedient, it will bring honor and salvation to you. When you serve the Lord, when the Lord becomes priority in your life, when you choose to help God and, and pack your, your great idea, your great dream. As I was talking to this young woman, she says, I've got my own dream. I have no desire to be anything else. And I told her, that you don't need to be married. Any girl who decides to be married, kill your dream. Your dream is your husband. Your desire to be to fulfill the mission of your husband. Not your own. You can't come and say, I still want to be a professor of scientific research and whatever. You have to find out from your husband, what is it that God has called you to do because you are calling me to be a helpmate. So you are abandoned. I, I, I have given this example to many women in the church. If you have a house help, somebody who's helping you in the house, and you tell your yourself, I have visitors today at five. They are coming. Please cook. And herself tells you, hey, not, not today. You know. <laughs> we are not cooking. We are not cooking today. Will you be happy with your herself? Eh? You kick him out. Yeah, you kick him out. Like the Bible says, you bind his hands, you bind his legs. 
you cast him out. So that even when he's outside, he should not be able to move too far. Yes, that's what the Bible says. I said, I don't remember any house help in my house deciding what we are eating. Never. We tell them, you are cooking this, you are cooking this. And we even tell them, this is how, the quantities we want. Is that fine? Yes. So, unfortunately for us, our thinking is not that far. Your obedience proves. I was saying, as a, as a woman, unless you make a decision, I'm supporting my husband. My husband, what is you? Unless you are married to Nabal. Because Nabal has no vision. Nabal is just a man who's happy to have money and to eat and to make parties. That's all. That's what Nabal is about. Driving the latest car, making all the parties, competing with the, the party from last week, making yours a little bit better than the other. Praise the Lord. Can you tell your neighbor, if you are a woman, I'm not married to Nabal. I say, tell your neighbor, I am not married and I will not marry Nabab. Yes. Hallelujah. So the Bible gives us that understanding. Obedience is your breakthrough. When you are obedient, breakthrough is not far from you. Obedience releases power of sacrifice. Most people don't want to sacrifice. They don't want to feel it. I always say, you can't say you are sacrificing and you don't feel what you are giving. Yes. Your, your, your sacrifice releases power. To wake up early in the hours, early hours of the morning to pray releases power. Because everybody is asleep. To give your tithe releases power. Because everybody, most people don't. The difference between you and somebody else is based on your obedience to God. Your obedience to do the will of God or the will of the Father is your breakthrough. And it is your turn to be obedient. Hallelujah. Yes. Be obedient. Start a cell. Be a leader. Learn the sacrifice of raising people. Number two, Jesus said, my will is to do the will of him who sent me. To be obedient is to do the will of him who have called you. Most of the time you can call people and oh, come and help me. Let's do this thing. People will not move. They are happy to be close. But they will not give themselves to do anything worthwhile. John 4, 34. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And to finish his work. John 4, 38. I send you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. You must be obedient to the call of the Lord Jesus to be part of the team and to win souls. It, it must come from within you to say, I'm part, I'm part of the team. Hallelujah. I'm part of the team. Be obedient to the heavenly calling. James chapter 2, verse 14 to verse 18. It says, what does it, 
What does it profit my brother if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you, can you tell your neighbor, and one of you, yes, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Does also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. But someone say, someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Half obedience is not obedience. Half obedience is not obedience. Show me your faith and I'll show you I I've spoken to many people who claim to be born again and who claim to be blessed. And I said, show me your faith and I'll show you my works. Show me your faith and I'll show you my works. Where are your works? Where are your proofs? Is your faith the money you have? Is that your faith? Is that the things that you hold on? Paul makes a very problem. He says, I know what it is to be in want, to be in lack, and I know what it is to be in abundance. Hallelujah. So, Paul is challenging us in that regard, and I want to challenge you today. Show me your faith, and I'll show you my works. Jesus, number three, Jesus prayed all night to those uh, to choose his, 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 his 12, his cell, the 12 disciples. Jesus had works. And that authenticated his faith. Luke 6, 12 and 13. It says, now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountains to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them, he chose 12, whom he also named apostles. Hallelujah. Jesus prayed. Do you have, can you ask your neighbor, show me your faith, I'll show you my works. You see, you, you, can't, you can't do the work of God. If, if you are a leader in this regard, a shepherd, we learn from Jesus that he prayed all night. It's one thing to pick people but it's one thing to stand in faith in prayer and believe for God's guidance and direction. Jesus prayed all night so that he would be able to choose his, his, his fruit. Jesus prayed that the kingdom of God may come upon his life and that of his disciples. You must be obedient to, the part of the, uh, to be part of the twelve and belong to a cell. Jesus had his own cell members. You must be the mission of Jesus and become a disciple of Jesus. Most of us are happy to come to church. Coming to church is good. But being a disciple is better. Yeah. 
It's a beginning of great things. But you need to be a disciple. Can you tell your neighbor, you need to be a disciple? Tell your neighbor, I think he's talking to you. Jesus prayed. He didn't take this for granted that I'm the son of God. No. Jesus prayed all night for his 12. We said, we make a, a decision. I said to the leaders, we are closing our 12s. We used to have what you call open cell. You have an open cell. You have your 12, but then you bring other people with the hope that will be encouraged to grow so that they can see. But sometimes you realize that when people come in, even when other people are talking, oh, I want 10 people, we are now starting our, our 10th, 12th cell, 15th cell. I have a wine. It's not like, oh, guy, how do you do it? Please help me. Show me the way that I may grow. No. They're just happy to be close. But, but they don't want to do anything. Yeah. They're just happy to be close. They are happy to be in cell, but they don't. One of our leaders many years ago was asking him to take certain tasks. He said to me, I can do anything but not sales. He says, preaching, I can preach, I'll prophesy, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. Serious. I say, wow. But don't tell me about discipleship. I, I, do, not, I do not want to do anything that will mean I have to give my time. I have to sacrifice. Number four and the last one. The vision empowers you to be with Jesus. The vision empowers you that you, you be with Jesus and that you might be sent. The vision gives power to heal and as well to cast demons. When, when we decide, when we come before the Lord and we cry out and we become obedient, the things that manifest in us is that we abandon our own thoughts, our own ideas, and we start to line ourselves to the call of God. We use everything that we have in order to support the work. Like when I was talking to this young woman, I said, I think you are pretty, you are beautiful. Every boy will kill for you. But... Uh, it will be said that you continue with your vision when you get married because all my sons are pastors. I don't know you get it. So if you are still interested in the many things, you still want to go to the moon. You, you still want to do discoveries. Then we are worried that the call of God upon your life will be derailed because Many are thinking, if I work hard, I'll have everything. Joy and fulfillment doesn't come in the many things we have. In a sense, the many things we have are the main reason that delays and steals our heart. Yeah. Our desire to serve the Lord is seen in us pushing everything that we have towards fulfilling the Great Commission and becoming part of the struggles, carrying our own cross and making Jesus real. In our own life, carrying his pain, his struggle, his hardship. Somebody was asking me, why do you bother to wake up this early and pray every time? 
I said, this thing doesn't work without prayer. This thing doesn't work without sacrifice. Somebody was say, why do you deny yourself food? Everybody's eating. Why don't you eat? I said, how can I eat when so many people are going to hell? How can I be so comfortable in my own house? Somebody was say, oh, the tithe you give, you could buy a house. You could buy a car. I said, it's true. But that will not be obedience. It will not be the will of God that I should do what I like with my mind because he has already decided how I'm going to. For those who love him, he has already decided how they are going to do it. Yes. If you really love your husband, follow him. My wife was, was asked the question. She asked the question to our counselor that those many years. And he said to them, the counselor says, your husband is your eyes. So we literally follow the eyes. Where the eyes don't see you, trip and fall. So my wife says, what if this husband of mine falls into a pit? They said, you fall with him. He says, the first time, you fall with him. And my wife asked, the second time, you fall with him. The third time, they said, you fall with him. Every time he goes into the dish, you are with him. Because they told her, it's not your work. You told your neighbor, it's not your work. It's Jesus' work. You do what Jesus is doing. You will be well. Yes. Most of us, we love Jesus. We love the husband, but we don't. Let me put it right. We love the things of the husband. <laughs> Most girls want to be married so that shame may be taken away from them. And when shame is taken away from them, they turn, they turn against their husband. Now, let's turn it to what we are talking about. When Jesus has helped us, now we are enjoying Jesus and his things. When Jesus tells us, this is what I want you to do, like a woman, we say, no, I have got the ring. I've got the children. I don't need you. Yeah, most women, when they divorce, they tell you that. They say, you are useless in my life. I, I have my profession. I'll take care of myself. Remember, the Bible says seven women will come to a man in the end of time and say, please, we just want sex and children. We'll support ourselves. We don't need, we don't need your security. We don't need anything. We just need your name so that we can be called Mrs. Yeah, you can go and read it. We just want what? Your name. From there, we don't want you. Some of us are like that. Jesus has done so much for us. We've got his name. We've got, we've got his blessing. He's moving us forward. I said, how can I be comfortable? How can I sleep all night while people are dying? How can I be comfortable? Stay in my house while there are so many crying out for help. And yet I'm there. But because I'm married, it's me. let me tell you a story. One day I visited, we went with my wife. It was a night visit. We arrived at somebody's house. It was an estate. You know, you go for the bed. But those, those, those years, I think they were starting this thing of talking to the security at the gate. 
you talk to the security and the security phones, the house and the house, they answer open for him or not. So the person we, we spoke to the security phoned the house, and when he finished phoning the house, the security guy says they are coming. The woman who appeared, she was fuming. She said to us, It's Friday. It's our day. It's our, it's our private. We don't want visitors. Not today. We were shocked with my wife. We said, Was it not comfortable for you just to come into your house to greet you? Tell us your vision and mission that today we don't like visitors. And then we'll get into our car. No, she chased us at the gate of the estate. She says, No. We will not, we will not, we will not deceive you. I said to my wife, we have done our work, we are good shepherds. But we have a member, this wife, who's thinking she's working for the husband, but she's working for herself. She was now comfortable to say, we are safe. Outside people are dying, but we are in a safe place. And we will not be in the cell. We will not pay the tithe. We will, not, we will not come to church when you tell us come to church in the morning. We will come to church late because we want comfort. Lunchtime, when we are supposed to do any Christian teaching and whatever, uh, we will go home and have our, lab, our leg of lamb. We will sit together around the table and enjoy. The Bible says, when you think peace is there, I will come and disrupt it. Yes. It says, I'll come and destroy it. So, our desire is that may God use us. The resources we have, we use them for, for, for the house of God. That at the end of time, when we look back, we are very happy that we touch, we touch somebody's life who's touching the life of the world. It's changing the world upside down. And this is the same challenge that I want to bring to you to say, your heart has to be in the right place. The Spirit of God. Our last uh, writing here, Mark chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. We said, Jesus, the vision empowers you to be with Jesus, that you might be sent. And the vision gives you power to heal and to restore lives of others. Mark chapter 3, verse 14 and 15 says, Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him. He appointed 12 that they might do what? This is why we are saying we are going to close all of our trials to make sure that we, we really focus on this scripture. He ordained the twelve that they should be with him. There are women who are married but they don't want to be with their husband. How possible? Why did you get married? Can you ask the woman sitting next to you? Why did you get married? He appointed the twelve that they may be with him. Yes. I remember one woman in the township was saying, I don't like a man who doesn't drink, who stays home. This is a township woman. She wants to gallivant. You'll have children that are not your own. Because when in your, in your stupor, in your drunkardness, he's running around. You'll be happy. Oh, this is my baby. They will be telling you stories that the ear look like your grandmother you never saw. They look at the feet and they, this feet look like your grandfather. <laughs> you are drinking. You are busy drinking. You are, 
You are in your foolishness. Yes. He ordained the twelve that they may be with him and that he might send them to do what? To preach. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I will be sent to preach. Verse 15, please. Let's close this thing. And to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. May this be your portion in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's bow our heads together. Let's pray. I want you to pray for yourself this morning. Obedience is the key to fulfilling God's mission. Most of us, we are partial obedience. We have partial obedience. We don't do what we are asked to do. We do what we think we need to do. But today you can turn your heart towards God. Maybe you are here. You have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Church, you have been coming. You have done something partial. But you have never made a commitment to give your life to Jesus. You come to church. But you don't want Jesus. You say, no, I don't, I don't want to give my life to Jesus. I just love the company. John chapter 3 verse 3 says, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. If you are here, you say, Pastor, I want to be born again. I want to see the kingdom of God. I want to be a child of God. I want to be born again. Lift up your hand right now and we'll pray together. I want to receive Jesus. I want to be born again. I want to be a child of God. Thank you for joining us with Apostle Vincent Luate. For more life-transforming messages, connect with us on Twitter at ECCRSA and our YouTube channel at Emmanuel Christian Church HOJ.